Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. You know, one of my dreams is to um, actually be sitting here one morning, one Saturday morning here on Drive Time Radio, and a welcome to you uh, around the world, around the corner, and uh, right out of our radio tower here in Seattle at 11.50 a.m. KKNW. Uh, One of my dreams is that uh, one day you will turn this on on Facebook Live, and, um, uh, you know, plug it in and turn on your radio, and we'll have the video set up, and you'll hear that, uh, our intro song, which is 10th Avenue Freeze Out by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, one of my musical heroes. And um, in the background will be Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band playing the song live. Or at least Max Weinbach, uh, uh, Max Weinberg, and, uh, you know, his band, or somebody from Springsteen, Nils Lofgren, uh, you, you know, you, you name it, uh, Charlie Giordano, sitting back there playing on the uh, Hammond B3. Uh, any of those would be great. And I, um, I and, and we'd cue in, and there would be Bruce, and then Bruce would sit down, a la like uh, David Letterman, and we would talk to Bruce for a half hour about, or an hour really, uh, about cars, and about some of the cars he's owned, and some of the um, adventures uh, he has had in automobiles. I mean, he writes about him enough. He should have had some good times. I know the story about him, if you've read the book, about him learning how to drive, when they virtually stuck him in the driver's seat on a trip to California and said he had drive this thing, and it was a stick shift, and he had no idea what he was doing, but he got there. That's the sign of a pure genius. Uh, but and, and I've also seen his, um, he bought with a, uh, with his first recording money check. He bought, with his first uh, re- recording money, his first check that he got, one of the things that he bought uh, with his, uh, with his first money was a 57 yellow Chevrolet convertible, and for several years, it was on display in the lobby of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm trying to think what was next to it. I think it was Whitney, one of Whitney Houston, but they had the uh, the 57 Chevy, and then they had, I believe it was one of Whitney Houston's cars, or it might have been Madonna now, I can't, but some, some 80s icon. A uh, car was on display behind it, but of course, me, you know, I'm looking. I'm, in, uh, you know, unless it was, um, uh, you know, Dion's first uh, '57 Chevy uh, that he bought when when he got his first money. But you know, I always thought that would be an interesting uh, article, at least, or or feature of. Um, and I used to ask people this when I would interview uh, athletes. I would always ask them when we did Mariner magazine. What was your first car? Uh, because it always elicits, or almost always, elicits fond memories from people of their first car. For a lot of the athletes, um, it was bought by them with uh, their signing money, their bonus money. You know, one of the first things they do, whether you're in a big city or a small town, uh, is you run down and you buy, uh, I don't know if you buy your parents a house, but you certainly go buy them a new car so you can retire the old jalopy. Unless, of course, they have a new car or they're rich or something like that. But it seems to be one of the things that people do. And I always thought it would be an interesting show, interesting uh, um, book or something, uh, just to talk to rock and roll stars and famous people about their first cars. Um I don't know. Maybe I'll do it someday. Maybe it's a project. Maybe it's something that uh, Nathan and I can work on together. Our erstwhile producer, uh, Nathan, is with us. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Vinny. How are you, pal? Oh, man, I'm staying alive, staying alive, and that's really something to be thankful for these days, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is. As John, Tr- as the Bee Gees once uh, 
so wonderfully wrote, whether you're a mother or whether you're a lover, you're staying alive, staying alive, right? Mm-hmm. And might as well be playing that song today in 2020. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's kind of crazy out there. I mean, you don't know what to Well, you know what to do. The, the right thing to do is to stay home, right, uh, over this holiday weekend. The right thing to do is you see these warnings. I don't think these people, I mean, I know I look at Facebook and it's my first mistake. Uh, sometimes is looking at what people are saying on Facebook, and I know we're live on Facebook, but sometimes the opinions and stuff um, uh, and the thought processes of, of, of some of the posts that you see make you sometimes question your entire uh, being insanity and how people can, how do they, how, how do they make it to the bathroom? How do they, how do they drive their cars? Because, I, I, you know, it, it's not a plot. It's not a, it's, you know, wearing a mask and everything. They're trying to stop something from happening to trying to save lives or at least uh, you know that's how i see it you may see it differently and if that's how you see it but um they are asking you to sacrifice something i mean you know thanksgiving with your family especially for those of us who don't live with our families who aren't our families aren't really close here except for my daughter it's you, you know it's 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 tough i know but, uh, and, and it really brings you up to a decision of, okay, what's the right thing to do? Do I go or do I not go? And I think for me, uh, I'm struggling with this decision right now. Um, I, I, I want to go to my sister's for Thanksgiving. She lives in San Francisco. Um, I have some business to do down there as well. And it, they've cut back on the gathering. It's just going to be three people. And I think if it's three people, it's probably okay to go. But yet, I don't know. You know, you got to get out of the car. You got to put gas in the car. Now, luckily in Oregon, you don't have to. You can just hand them your credit card. You know, they put the gas in the car. But when you get to California, you're going to have to. And this thing is raging. It's a wildfire. And we're in the middle of it. So, I don't know. It's tough decisions. I, I feel for everybody. Um... Because one way or the other, nobody's a winner if, you, if your family can't get together on Thanksgiving. The, the government doesn't win. The Republicans don't win. The Democrats don't win. Uh, this guy, that guy, whatever, whoever has an agenda really doesn't win. There's no winners here. It's just a sad uh, thing that we are caught in the middle of, and we need to uh, get out of it. And it affects us uh, economy-wise in so many different ways. Uh, but most of all, there's, you know, all of, all of these fellow human beings of ours who aren't here anymore. And uh, that's, uh, that's sad uh, in so many ways. Well, we have uh, put together a good show for you, uh, we think. We, we hope and we pray because we don't want you to be bored this hour. We want you to be entertained, to feel like you're in part of a part of something bigger uh, than just you, that you're part of the drive time crew, uh, the people who put the show together and participate in it and come on as guests to inform you, uh, so on and so forth. So, our our good friend Tracy Record is going to join us from the West Seattle blog. Tracy, if something happens in West Seattle, Tracy knows about it. Her West Seattle blog is the model for neighborhood blogs around uh, the world. Um, she has, uh, we worked together at uh, Channel 13 many years back, and uh, she, is, um, she is somebody who um, is, is fastidious about her work and covers things, and if you, even if you don't live in West Seattle, the blog is worth checking out. And we're going to talk to her about... Uh, uh, what's, what the feeling from the West Side is on uh, the proposal to repair the West Seattle Bridge. As we, as we saw uh, er, during the week, uh, Mayor Durkin and everybody sat down and they said the best thing we can do here is fix this bridge for $400-something million. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if people are going to feel safe on this bridge, are they? Are you going to feel safe if they repair this bridge, given our history of the way we repair things around here? Um, 
I don't know. I've heard from a number of people saying, I don't know if I want to drive over it, but you're not going to really have a choice. And it's going to take, I don't know, two years, three years to, to do. So we'll talk to her about that. We have our cartoon of uh, the week, our Saturday morning cartoon coming up for you. And uh, uh, from uh, a, a legend, what a legend. And, and there's a little story behind the cartoon, and I'll tell it to you when we introduce you to it. Uh, but uh, Arlo Guthrie will join us for our cartoon of the week, our Saturday morning cartoon. And we will uh, do a deep dive on the Ford Expedition Mac Max. Who boy? Who boy is this thing large? It's huge. It's, it comes to play. Ford has stamped out a truck that comes to play. I don't know how at one end of the, uh, the factory... Uh, in Dearborn, uh, they put some uh, some metal and some carbon fiber and some, uh, you know, coke and whatever else it is that they fix in there and they stamp it out. And at the other end comes out this huge machine. It's a, I, No matter how many times I watch the videos about the factory, no matter how many factories I've been in, it's still amazing to me that this happens. Uh, one of the big stories of the little, one of the big stories of the week was General Motors, who uh, talked about something that we mentioned m- many times on this show. Matter of fact, we mentioned it so much uh, that I think we get to a point where we should do a separate show uh, just about electric cars. Uh, but uh, General Motors uh, this week announcing that uh, uh, they are planning 30 new global EV launches electric vehicles through 2025. So that's, uh, you know, that's roughly uh, six a year. Um, they're going to um, spend more on electric vehicle development and battery development and alternative energy development uh, than they do on gas and diesel investment. And the uh, Ultium battery packs... That, that now are very expensive and drive up the cost of these cars, they predict will go down by 60% and carry twice the energy. So if you can go 450 miles now, which is what they're saying with the Hummer and some of these other vehicles, that of course you know lessens considerably if you're towing a boat or a trailer or something like that. I mean, it cuts it in half, really. But... Um, if, if, if this is true, um, what would you need a, an internal combustion engine for? And uh, their opium-based EVs, as I said, are going to be increased uh, a, a range, a maximum range of 450 miles. But there's a lot of caveats there. You have to pay attention to this car. Uh, you have to, uh, you know, plug it in. You have to remember to charge it. There's, some, there's, there's participation. When you drive an electric vehicle, it has to happen. Uh, but that was really the big news uh, this week, I thought, in the automotive world, is uh, besides the West Seattle Bridge, uh, that uh, General Motors has uh, laid out their plans for electric vehicles and uh, infrastructure and so on and so forth. It's coming. Uh, I think in, in 20 years, where you used to have the parking meters, you will have EV charging posts. And you will, uh, when you park on the street, you'll plug your car in while you go up to uh, to uh, visit your lawyer or your doctor or whatever. Your car will get charged up, and you'll have enough uh, to get home. You'll pay a monthly fee uh, that's on your car- credit card, and, and you, the gas station uh, will become a thing of the past. Uh, or at least it'll, it'll change radically. But that, uh, to me, was the big story this week. Right, quickly, before we take, go to the break... Uh, Nathan, uh, you have something to ask me? Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Oh, Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. I really did. I thought you would never ask me. Nathan, I am driving a dream machine, Nathan. I am driving a vehicle that, uh, that makes kids stay quiet, makes men open up their arms in love. It makes women look at the car and go, wow, I just wish I had one of those to, uh, to drive to work. It uh, is truly a thing of beauty. It is the uh, uh, the 2021 
Motor Trend Car of the Year, uh, the Mercedes E-Series. I'm driving a Mercedes E350. Uh, what an incredible car. Um, and just, um, you know, I really loved the Genesis I drove a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I said the only thing about the Genesis is it didn't have the Mercedes feel to it. Well, this is a smaller version of the Genesis, and it has the Mercedes feel to it because it is a Mercedes. Uh, the uh, electronic, uh, you know, the, the gadgets and the things uh, that go on in this car, uh, the way it uh, reacts to the driver is something that is uh, that's really unbelievable. We'll talk more about it, but... That's what I'm road testing this week. That's what I'm driving. It's a beautiful white one. So if you see me, uh, stop and say hello, wave at me, come on over and take a look at the car. Uh, you're welcome to uh, enjoy the car as much as I am this week on the Drive Time Radio Road Test. All right, quick break. Here we come back. Tracy Record joins us from the West Seattle blog as we try to sort out this whole West Seattle bridge thing here on Drive Time Radio. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly... It's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed, could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. We're back with you here on Drive Time Radio. New York, Vinny hanging out with you on a Saturday morning. We get a chance to welcome in again a friend of the show and somebody who I think runs the best local blog in the United States of America and maybe the world. I don't know. I haven't read the ones all over the world, but I do read... Uh, the West Seattle blog. Uh, Tracy Record joins us uh, from uh, that blog, the uh, founder, uh, along with her husband. They do great work. Uh, Tracy, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Vinny. Great. Good to hear your voice, my friend. You you're okay? Everything going good? Yes, it absolutely is. Good, good, good. Well, we finally have a decision on the bridge, don't we? You bet. It's uh, the the suspense is over. Uh, eight months. Uh, let's see. Monday is eight months since it was uh, suddenly closed. So it's uh, been a while. Wow. And how the world has changed since the bridge is closed, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely. When the, although the interesting thing is that the day the bridge closed was the actual day that uh, Governor Inslee made his first uh, dramatic announcement of a shutdown. So that day alone was already you know kind of a, a shockwave in in a different way. Right, it's almost like it was a, a secondary news until uh, you know all of that stuff kind of sunk in, and then people realized that they couldn't um, uh, they couldn't go over the go over the bridge anymore. They had to shut it down. Uh, how is now? I've gone over a bunch of times. I go over to West Seattle regularly. Uh, I have to say that uh, if I tailor my hours to get there so that I'm not in rush hour, it hasn't been all that bad. How has it been in reality? Well, that's that's the thing. You know, we uh, run our business from home, and so we don't have to go off island very much. And and when we do, um, it's often to the south, which doesn't require crossing a bridge. But we've been across the First Avenue South Bridge a couple of times. And you're right; if you do go in an alternative hour, it isn't that horrible. But it's definitely something that you know you're playing with fire because you might encounter an opening for marine traffic. And in the morning or in the afternoon, um, absolutely forget it. If you go through some of the feeder routes, such as West Marginal Way or Southwest Holden through Highland Park, it's incredible backups like you would have never seen before unless there were you know, lanes closed for a crash or something. Have people moved um, to public transportation much, or is it, uh, have people just stayed in their cars and say, I'll, I'll endure you know, what, uh, whatever it is, just so I don't have to get out of my car. 
That is, again, the complicating factor, if not for the pandemic. Certainly the buses would be jammed. They'd be adding more buses, adding more water taxis. But people are, are not only loath to travel if they don't absolutely have to, if they do have access to a car, um, as you probably know, the capacity is also down. A bus that might have held, oh, I don't know, 80 people before um, is supposed to be at maximum capacity now at, say, 16. So public transit just can't shoulder as much of the load. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, because I don't, I, I hardly ever take the bus. But yeah, it's uh, you certainly get your own seat on the bus now, though. That's for and, and three or four others to go along with it. It's luxury cruising, I guess. Uh, so, what is the, the decision? Is that they're going to keep the bridge? They're going to fix it? How is that going over in West Seattle? The reaction is is. Um pleased among those who were lobbying for uh, for repair. There was certainly a, uh, a sizable um, group of people who would have liked to have seen it replaced. There was a bit of a, I think maybe more of a generational gap there that people who were a bit younger didn't want to, you know, face the prospect of dealing with this again in 15 to 20 years, while people who weren't as young were like, you know, hey, we can't wait another minute. Overall, there's also the realists who, you know, observe that even at this point, even with the repairs, the bridge will still been closed probably about two years by the time it reopens. Uh, and then, of course, there's the immediate uh, springing up of cynics uh, saying, yeah, well, why two years? Why can't they just, you know, fix it in a couple of months and open the darn thing already? Yeah, just get a little duct tape, a little bailing wire, and, and you'll be good to go until it falls down. That's what, when, when you look at some of the pictures that STOT has released of the actual repair work, there are a few spots where it looks as if they've, you know, there's, there's little things that are jutting out of the bridge that uh, held epoxy, and there's tape that have marked things, so you could almost imagine that, although lately they've gotten to talking about some other more impressive details, such as these giant steel cables that are now holding hundreds of tons of pressure to hold the thing together. Well, it is uh, it is kind of scary. Do you think there'll be any kind of, um, I'm not going to take, uh, you know, I'm not going to get on this bridge, I'll keep going, uh, I'm afraid it's going to collapse or, or something like that? Is there any kind of, um, you know, reaction like that that you're sensing? When you think about it, um, you know, our area here it was also among the prime users of the Alaskan Way Viaduct, and ever since that was deemed seismically not necessarily sound and it started to settle a bit and a lot of people talked about how if you had to cross the viaduct you just sort of held your breath until you got to the other side until of course that was replaced a year plus ago with a tunnel um, so I think it's going to be that way for for people in bridges the other thing though is that I don't know if it'll get to the point of absolute gridlock again because the pandemic has really changed the world to the point where you know some companies are saying that people might work from home forever, so I, I, I think that it might be a little bit lighter, um, depending on uh, how things go. Tracy Record from the West Seattle Blog is with us here on Drive Time Radio. We're talking about the uh, West Seattle Bridge, and you know, it, it, I talk about this with you also in terms of it's such a spot of commerce. Not necessarily the West Seattle Bridge going into West Seattle, but that whole area uh, by the port there, where um, it's. You know, the, there's the trucks there and, and all that different commerce, the marine and everything that's going on down there, the container port. And um, how uh, in, in your in your mind is it going to affect that um, portion down there? I, I heard something, and I was unclear on this, that uh, Sound Transit also is building their own separate bridge down there? Yes, that's that's been planned for a couple of years now, ever since the area passed the, uh, the Sound Transit 3 measure. The plan for a West Seattle extension um, involved that they would build their own bridge parallel to this one. They haven't decided exactly whether it would be north of or, or south of. So with that in the plan, there was a lot of talk about, well, if, if we built a new bridge to replace this one, couldn't we just get light rail on it? There was also a, um, a, a an alternative plan uh, referred to as an immersed tube tunnel that could have theoretically carried... Um, sound transit cars, uh, rail cars as well. Um, so that's uh, so that's happening. And you also mentioned the, uh, uh, but the, but what it's not happening in terms of of combining now. The, the mayor has made some remarks that 
well, since they've got a plan for replacing this bridge eventually, maybe somehow they could look at a, a combination bridge, although I'm just not sure how they're going to work that in the timeline, because currently Sound Transit is supposed to be serving West Seattle in 2030, and that would be only 10 years from now, and the repairs of the bridge are supposed to last at least 15 years. Wow. That's, yeah, that, that's where you start to look and say, isn't there any way they can combine all of this and make it, you know, do it all at once and make it easier on people? But I guess with competing agencies and everything like that, it's, it, it's tough to get people to sit down at the same table and agree on anything. What they're, what they're more likely to do, which also is the sort of thing that the mayor was hinting at in her announcement earlier this week, is perhaps look at building the Sound Transit Bridge as something of a multimodal bridge, make it also serve buses and maybe theoretically even bicycles, scooters, whatever, because as people rightly point out, and as you were even talking about just before this with your mention of the electric cars, we this bridge may last another 15 years or longer. We don't know what transportation is really going to look like at that time. There might not be quite as much need to get cars across the river. Yeah, and, and the electric cars are coming. I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that they're, uh, you know, all these uh, car companies are uh, are gearing up for it. And, uh, you know, the autonomous car um, is, is going to come as well, uh, but I don't think it's going to be as quickly as the electric cars. As a matter of fact, it's interesting that they've kind of taken the autonomous car and not put it on the back burner, but kind of lessened the percentage and is now rushed uh, to go electric. Uh, we're seeing all these companies that were touting uh, diesel and gasoline just two or three years ago uh, now uh, really chatting up and saying to everybody, Here's a you know you know electric is the way to go. This is what it's going to be. Uh, put a charging station in front of your house because uh, if you're going to you know own a car, this is uh, this is how it's going to be. And so that's going to be an interesting uh, twist on this whole thing. I don't know if it'll put get people out of their cars or put people in cars more because there won't be the pollution factor anymore as as it exists today. I'm no kidding. Absolutely. Then it's it's already happening. Certainly we have. People in our neighborhood where you see the uh, the cord snaking out front to the car, and uh, we ourselves are trying to uh, hold out for another you know five or so years to see if uh, electrical car technology you know works out a little bit better before buying our next car. So, well, I, I uh, think lifestyle I, change. I, yeah, I think Tracy, what's going to happen is it's going to you know, and I talked to an engineer from Ford about this uh, on a show maybe I, I don't know five or six weeks ago. We were talking about the new Ford Mustang electric car and uh, they're trying to get it to where it would work like your cell phone where you would have some kind of pad or something that you would park on and it would charge the car up without having to plug it in and also use a uh, uh, partial solar energy now i don't know how that would work out here but you know in, in, in some shape manner or form that's what you might see on these cars uh you know they're they're work it's, it's you know it's like a uh uh a, a a huge thing to try to figure out to get to first uh, the simplest charging system uh, for these cars. I'm happy that when you go to Whole Foods or uh, Trader Joe's that you can plug your car in right now. That, to me, is a beautiful thing. Or PCC, even, I think, now has a charger. Here um, in West Seattle, they, in fact, even just the city just installed a charger over by the bowling alley. There's now a uh, two-charger setup over there. So uh, they're they're slowly phasing things in. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're definitely, and this is, um, uh, there's no secret, I think, to people, it's uh, West, uh, to Seattle, and West Seattle in particular, really, is a prime um, market, not, not just that they're looking at to sell cars, but to experiment on what works best, because it's a small, concentrated neighborhood that mirrors uh, many other neighborhoods around the country. Uh, so they're trying to, you know, they're looking at, but you have uh, an education level and an early adopters level in uh, in West Seattle and in Seattle itself, but uh, particularly I think in West Seattle, where people, um, you know, are open to these ideas, and and I think the car companies are looking uh, at that as a place to be be able to say, okay, let's try this, let's try that, and see how it uh, how it rolls out. Uh, Tracy, a final question for you. What has this done for the rents in West Seattle? I've been interested in, you know, obviously the whole thing that's been going on with the pandemic and the riots and everything like that, but has it um, has West Seattle seen uh, the same thing that we've seen in the rest of the city where rents have, have, have gone down? Though we don't have exact 
statistics, because rental companies tend to keep it close to the vest, there's certainly a lot of anecdotal evidence that, that rents have gone down and vacancies have gone up, because among everybody who's had to deal with us, deal with this, renters are the ones who say, look, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't have a couple of years to deal with it, whereas people who you know own a house have a little bit more at stake in writing the whole thing out. So there's certainly been a, a lot more aggressive promotion of, you know, free month deals and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. I thought that that would happen when this all down. Well, Tracy, it's good to hear your voice. I, um, you know, I love reading the blog, and uh, as soon as I get back to West Seattle and, and, and or I'm actually living there again, um, as opposed to living up here in Edmonds, I got to tell you, the Edmonds blog is not as good as the West Seattle blog. I, I'm, I'm just giving you, I'm, I'm giving you the props. It's uh. <laughs> It's a fact that you guys do such a, you and Patrick do such a great job um, of that blog. I've been a fan of it since you started it and continue to be. So if you want to know what's going on in West Seattle, um, you know, keep an eye on, on the West Seattle blog, and it's exactly how you find it, westseattleblog.com. Tracy, thanks so much for coming on the show again. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Vinny. All right, good to talk to you. Tracy Record from the West Seattle Blog. Quick break here. We come back, and it's our Saturday morning cartoon right here on Drive Time Radio. What does it take to be a Buick? It takes a car as wild and wonderful as the new Buick Wildcat for 64. When you go the way of the Wildcat, people take notice. They want to know more about your car. They'll want to drive it themselves. But beware, once they get behind the wheel, it's hard to get them out. For Wildcat, it's the wildest, and above all, it's a Buick. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, eleven fifty. I screwed that up pretty quick, didn't I? Oh yes, it's Drive Time Radio. It's New York, Vinny here on a Saturday morning as uh, we uh, climb our way through a. Uh, a what looks to be a rather nice day out there, crisp, but uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of um, uh, people heading out to uh, go skiing. Uh, I know Baker is open, and uh, uh, there's snow in a lot of the other places. I'm not a skier, so I don't know if it's enough snow. And I've been kind of tossing around the idea of making Nathan do some work on Saturday morning. Uh, more than he does already, and having him get in contact with a couple of these ski resorts to find out what's going on every Saturday morning and, and doing a ski report, you know, a snowmobile report or something like that. Um, I just always think that that's, you know, people here in the Northwest want to know about that kind of stuff and what's going on, but uh, it looks like uh, even if you're just going to drive up and look at the snow, uh, not such a bad time uh, to do it. All right, time now for the Saturday morning cartoon every week uh, because cars and music go together so well. We pick out a tune uh, that uh, is written or sung or based on uh, cars or driving or taking a road trip or anything associated with driving. I know we've had a request, we've had a, requ- a number of good requests uh, and kind of obscure songs as well. You know, which I like. There's, uh, I know we got uh, one coming up in the, in the not too distant future from Phil Oaks, who um, is one of my favorite, uh, albeit depressing, songwriters and artists, um, and and a few other kind of cool ones that we have uncovered. But this one uh, takes off on kind of a a Thanksgiving tradition. When I uh, did music, and even a few times when I was doing sports. Every Thanksgiving, I used to play the entire, what is it, 18-minute version of Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie. It's uh, always been one of my favorite songs. Uh, It has so much to do with Thanksgiving. It's a tradition that started back in New York on, I believe, 
WNEWFM, which was the progressive rock station back in the 60s and 70s in New York. They used to play this every Thanksgiving, and um, I, you know, tried to carry on a lot of the great traditions of shows that I grew up listening to, or that I, you know, came into uh, my radio maturity listening to. So, uh, you know, I tried to play Alice's Restaurant, but on a sports station sometimes, uh, although if you work in Thanksgiving morning on a sports station, I mean, let's face it, and, uh, you know, what, what, who's up at, you know, unless you're running back and forth to church or something like that, so I figured it was a safe bet to play it. We did it a few times. I, I didn't want to go the 19 minutes here uh, because it, uh, it would eat up too much of the show. But oddly, at Alice's Restaurant, um, the Alice's Restaurant Massacre uh, is a great song, and you should go to YouTube and you should check it out. But Arlo was considerate enough on his album Alice's Restaurant to include a song not about um, cars, but about motorcycles. And it's a song that um, has always stuck with me. I, I, I've hummed this song and sang this song to myself many years, uh, and especially when I'm driving a motorcycle. So uh, here is, on our Saturday morning cartoon, uh, Arlo Guthrie, uh, the creator and singer of Alice's Restaurant, son of Woody, uh, singing his motorcycle song. <laughs> That is Arlo, uh, Arlo Guthrie from the album Alice's Restaurant and the Motorcycle Song. Great uh, great song, as I said, that's uh, our uh, cartoon of the week, short, sweet, and, uh, you know, kind of song you can sing to your kids. So we'll take a quick break here, come back, and uh, we will have our, uh, our review for you as well, our uh, drive time road test of the week. Uh, which uh, this week is the, uh, the the max, baby. We're going max. We're going big. We're going as, as big as you can go. It's the uh, Ford Expedition Platinum Max when we come back on Drive Time Radio. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Texaco dealer does, that's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double check too. He'll check your battery, double check the battery cables, check your oil, double check the fan belt, check your radiator, double check the radiator cap, clean your windshield, and double check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big, bright Texaco star. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. All right, we're back with you here on Drive Time Radio in New York. Vinny hanging out with you on a Saturday morning. We thank you so much for your participation in the show. And, um, you know, we, we always are interested in hearing from you, hearing your ideas, hearing uh, about... Uh, and, and we do have some, uh, some changes planned for uh, the new year uh, along with... Um, uh, some of the some things that are going to come to the show, some different features uh, that we are going to try out. Uh, but if there's something that you would like to hear, a question that you have for us, you'd like to advertise on the show, we really could. Uh, uh, we we really are going to uh, uh, push uh, for people to advertise on the show. I know that uh, Manashi Jewelers has uh, advertised with us in the past, and we always thank them for their uh, participation in the show. Uh, but uh, um, you know, we want to get the, we, we do, uh, 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 I think, a good service for the motoring uh, public here in the Puget Sound area. We're going to uh, ask, uh, ask businesses to participate in that. So if you want to, uh, if you're interested in advertising, also, another thing that we are going to start to do is if you are interested in buying a car and don't want to go through the hassle of buying the car, uh, we can do that for you. We have a complete service that will... Um, from soup to nuts, and I've done this now for a couple of hundred people, 
uh, over the last few years, uh, assist you in buying a car, get you in the right car for you. Uh, you know, I, I, I test drive over 100 cars a year. Most years, this has been a year where we're a little light because of the pandemic. Uh, we've only done about uh, 60 or so uh, because we haven't traveled to uh, some of the automaker programs uh, that usually happen where we drive a few different models and uh, haven't had our Mudfest and our, uh, our association uh, programs where we get to drive, you know, multiple cars in one sitting. Uh, but if you are in the market for a car, if you're thinking, hey, uh, my old uh, jalopy is on its last legs, or if you need some consulting done in that area, you, you just can't make a decision, and you want to find out what the right car is for you, uh, we would be happy to assist you in doing that as well. Or if you're disposing of a car and uh, you need to, uh, you know, to sell it, uh, we can advise you on um, how to sell it, the best way, thing to dispose of it, uh, where you'll get uh, your fair market value uh, for the car. You can always reach me at Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. That's Vinny at drivetime-radio.com. We'll be uh, more than happy to, you know, to help you out and, uh, and, and you know, get you on uh, the right track for that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's important stuff. You know, your car is such a big investment. Uh, and one of the other things that we're going to do, too, is we're going to have a little bit more of the um, mechanical stuff that we, um, uh, you know, I want to try to work in it a little bit that we, uh, we answer your mechanical questions. Uh, so we're working on a, a thing right now where we'll actually have a mechanic once or, who knows, maybe even twice a month. Uh, and you'll be able to call in and ask questions. It's a little, a little tribute to um, to the uh, the Tappet Brothers, uh, Click and Clack, uh, and uh, Car Talk. But we want to, you know, we want to be able to give you a resource or a place here to do that. And we're also expanding our website, our DriveTime-Radio.com website, so that we can service you better uh, as far as information uh, that you need, car reviews, and so on and so forth uh, during the week. So we will, you know, all of that stuff is uh, going to be coming up here in uh, in the next, uh, you know, in the not-too-distant future. So be watching for that as we try to make ourselves uh, uh, better uh, for you, our, our listeners. And we thank you for listening and thank you for, uh, for spending time with us on a Saturday morning. Or if you listen to us during the week, when we do the Mikey and Vinny show on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, on Facebook Live, and hopefully to a radio station uh, near you very soon. Sorry, I'm uh, my my I get a little you know dry here. Uh, another thing that I wanted to quickly uh, talk about before we do the uh, uh, before we uh, uh, do the uh, uh, drive time radio road test is we got a chance this week to spend a little time. Um, with the folks from Maserati, and uh, they uh, showed off. They showed off. Is that right? They presented us uh, their 2021 uh, models, and uh, I really. Uh, it, it was nice to uh, to see these new cars as up close as you could see them, but um, they're. Their three cars uh, uh, were uh, spectacular. They've come out with a performance line. I mean, they have the Ghibli, uh, the Quattroporto, and their uh, SUV. Um, all cars, all of their cars are stunning. And um, just have uh, that, that, that sexy Italian look to them uh, that you don't see in other cars, except maybe the Alfa Romeos. Uh, and they also introduced us to uh, their uh, MC20, which is uh, their supercar. Uh, you know, carbon fiber here, carbon fiber there, uh, V6, uh, but a, uh, a 600 horsepower monster, 
with butterfly uh, doors and, as I say, carbon fiber all over the place. Uh, just a spectacular car. And it uh, marks Maserati coming back into the uh, supercar business where they've been absent for some time. And uh, uh, very impressive showing of these vehicles. And especially interesting is their Trofeo line, which is their performance line. Um, the way the cars are constructed, uh, the way the cars perform. And again, I'm looking forward to driving one when it uh, comes along. But they just look uh, and, and, and feel like not much else out there. And so congratulations to them uh, for doing that a spectacular, uh, spectacular ride. All right, now time for our um, drive time road test of the drive. Go ahead, Nathan. Drive time radio road test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, this Nathan. Nathan, sometimes a little anxious, but sometimes my rhythms are a little... Uh, I go from staccato to smooth. Well, I never really get to smooth, but I get the staccato to wherever I'm going. But uh, Nathan follows along good. You okay, Nathan? I am well. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, Nathan. I get more fan mail for you than I do for me. I think I ought to let you do the show, and I'll become the producer. I think I drank my morning coffee a little bit too fast this morning. <laughs> yeah, what the heck is going on there, Nathan? Oh, my friend, you do a, you do a great job. You, uh, you really do. Uh, you, you make the show, and one of the things that uh, I'm thankful for in this show is uh, that I have you to uh, help me along on Saturday mornings uh, as, as a, uh, a producer and, as I like to call it, uh, a, a, a jack-of-all-trades. I couldn't ask for somebody better. You're the, you're the guts of this show, my friend, and don't ever forget that because I don't. All right, the road test this week. See, here's what I did. Here's what happened here. I was going to do a, uh, I was going to get real cute and do a rap version of the uh, review. I like to step out of the box every once in a while and do something. And um, I don't know, I just didn't finish it right. So I'll work on it. We'll do it. We'll get it done for you. Uh, but I wanted to let you know about this uh, vehicle, uh, the uh, 2024 Expedition Max, Platinum Max. Um, what a vehicle this is. I mean, when you talk about these huge vehicles, which, yes, uh, Virginia, there still is a market for. Ford has really uh, done this uh, bumper to bumper in a spectacular uh, way where... The, the car does, or the truck, I should say, does exactly what it's designed to do, and you can't imagine anybody doing it much better than they've done it. Uh, from the outside, uh, its lines, its ex exterior lines, uh, the way it sits high enough that uh, you have to climb up a little to get into it, but yet it delivers a running board that comes out uh, from the bottom of the car when you uh, approach the car and uh, so that you have a step to get up into the car with. Uh, it, uh, you know, the lines, it, it, it doesn't look just big and square. The Ford Designers has given it some personality, uh, some look. They've taken a huge box and they've managed to uh, sculpt it out and carve it out so it doesn't look just like a huge box. It has a little bit of a different uh, uh, look to it. As you get inside, the interior is, um, is nothing short of spectacular. Again, the Platinum uh, Max is the top of the line SUV. I mean, we're talking over $80,000 for this thing, but it's 17 feet long. Uh, actually, this one, the Max is 18 feet long, or 18 and a half feet long. Um, it's a huge, huge vehicle. Um, but when you get in, when you get inside, you realize how huge it is because the front seats uh, not only 
move back and, and forth and adjust to any body size, but the rear seats do as well. There's plenty of room to move around back there. Um, it's bigger than most minivans. Uh, that's certainly true. And the seats are comfortable. The interior is upscale materials. I wish there would have been these materials in the Cadillac that I uh, reviewed last week because Ford really said we're going to put some, some solid, good uh, stuff in this car. The dashboard is uh, soft touch. Everything is uh, feels like you're in a car uh, that costs that much money. Uh, and it's well thought out. Uh, the, only, the only problem I have with this car, and it's something that I, I think it's just me and Sync don't get along, uh, the Sync system. Uh, but uh, again, for 5,700 pounds of vehicle, this thing moved along quickly. The turbos uh, that they have in here um, really moved this Echo Boost V8, uh, excuse me, V6, V6 right along. It um, it really uh, it was almost hard to believe that it was a V6. If you used to having the V8 performance, let me tell you something: you don't need the V8. You can get along with this uh, 3.5 liter um, turbocharged V6. Gives you 400 horsepower in the Platinum trim, and you get decent gas mileage. 17 in the city, 23 on the highway. Uh, the ride handling of the vehicle is good. Uh, it's not a, a manly gotta drive a pickup truck. It's a soft handling uh, vehicle and it handles like you would expect a fine upscale SUV to handle. So the Ford Expedition sticker price is a little north of $80,000 for the Platinum Max. is certainly a vehicle that you need to go and look at. Uh, uh, a well thought out well-crafted, large vehicle from Ford. Uh, I say if you're out there and you're thinking about this kind of car, go look at it. That is this week's Drive Time. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week if the Lord's willing, the creek don't rise.